Luke chapter 18, I want to speak just briefly on the subject of when to stop praying. When to stop praying. Um, let's, just, let's just be open real quickly now. How many of you have honestly felt like in times of your life, you know, why, do, why should I continue to pray? Why, right? I mean, some of you are asking your hands. You, you prayed for something for such a long time and, and maybe you feel like it's not been an answer or, or you've been praying for something for a while, but it's not the answer, not going the way you thought it should go, right? Um, all of us, if, if, you, if you had been a Christian for any length of time, you're probably going to be able to relate to that statement, just wondering sometimes if my prayers even being heard, if my prayers are benefiting anything. And, and sometimes the logical side of me, I guess as a man or just the way I grew up with the way my dad was and stuff, sometimes I wonder why do I even need to really pray when God already knows everything I need and he knows what I'm burdened for and he knows who I would pray for if I could pray for them, right? But Jesus makes a very powerful statement here in verse number one of Luke chapter 18. Here's what he says. and I'm going to give you the answer tonight on when you're supposed to stop praying. It's a very simple answer. And I think many of you probably could figure it out. But look at verse one. It says, and he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Not to faint. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Now, Jesus does say in this parable, the Bible does say here he's going to give you a parable. So you hear a, a really powerful statement like that, right? A powerful challenge where Jesus says that we ought to always pray and not to faint. So before we even read the next statement, before we even read the next, the next verse, do we even consider the thought that, I mean, I would guess we're going to talk about praying for souls to be saved, Right? Or praying for our families, or praying for our nation, or praying for something that's unselfish. Rather, Jesus gives us a very peculiar parable. Let's read it. Look at verse 2. Saying, there was in a city a judge, which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. So this widow has an enemy. This widow has somebody that's a thorn in her flesh, if you will. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continually coming she weary me. What? Look at verse 7, or 6. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find, watch this, shall he, shall he find faith on earth. So Jesus tells a story where a woman is coming to a judge who fears not God and fears man. And yet this man who fears not God and fears not man or has no regard for man is willing to give in to her request because this woman would not let him alone. I mean, she is borderline harassing him. 
I mean, I heard a preacher preaching on one time. Uh, she stood at it. She was sitting at his front door when he walked out the door to go to work that day, and saying, "Avenge me, my adversary! Avenge me, my adversary!" Followed him to work, and every time he had a break, he said, "Avenge me, my adversary! Avenge me, my adversary!" At lunch, she walked by and said, "Avenge me, my adversary! Avenge me, my adversary!" And then in the afternoon, we had another break. She walked by and said, "Avenge me, my adversary! Avenge me, my adversary!" And then in the evening, when he got done, she said, "Avenge me, my adversary! Avenge me, my adversary!" And then when he got home that night, she called him at the house during dinner and said, "Avenge me, my adversary! Avenge me, my adversary!" And then at 10:30 at night, before he's going to bed, he knocked on her door. She knocked on his door, and he came to the door, and she said, "Avenge me, my adversary! Avenge me, my adversary!" And he did that over and over and over and over. And finally, he's like, I'm done with this. I can't take it anymore. What is it you want? Fine, I'll take care of it, right? So who exclusively benefited from this request tonight? This, that's not a trick question. Who? The widow did, right? The widow did. Did anybody else besides the widow have a benefit? I mean, some would say the judge got a little bit of a benefit because she left him alone, right? But she exclusively had the benefit. That's it. Only her. She got exactly what she wanted. And the Bible doesn't tell us how long, but verse 4 says, and he would not for a while. I mean, everybody's definition of a while might be different. But it says for a while she would not. Now, so what is, what is the point of this? What, what is Jesus challenging us on the subject first? So he says, men ought always to pray not to faint. Well, if you look at the word ought, it means should, must, or needs be. Always obviously means always means always. It's continual. Pray means to worship or supplicate. And then faint means to quit, be weary, or fail or falter, right? In other words, Jesus is saying pray and pray and pray and don't quit. That's what he's saying. That's pretty much basically what he's saying. All right, so let's, let's, let's hold that thought for a second. Let's go to another commandment of the Bible where Jesus says this. Okay, what does he say? He says, love thy neighbor... Oh, what does the rest of the verse say? I forget. How does it go? Say it again. Help me now. Say it again. Help me. Say it louder. I can't hear you. I'm, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm getting deaf. Love thy neighbor. I say it again. I'm sorry. I still struggle. It runs in the family. All right? It runs in the family. I cannot hear you. Say it again. As Thank you. Thank you. As thyself. Why would Jesus say that? Because he knows how we are. Isn't that amazing? Let's just be honest about the subject of prayer tonight. Let's just be real about it, okay? People call me regularly or text me regularly and say, hey, pray for my, my loved one, my mom, my dad. They have cancer. And we pray for them. We do. But now, all of a sudden, my dad has cancer. Is there a difference in the prayer? Let's be honest tonight. Is there? It's not a trick question. Let's be honest, right? If someone asked me to pray because they're looking for a job I'll pray for them I do I do when people ask me to pray I, I try to pray for people's requests I really do and I'll look at my phone regularly I'll scroll through sometimes when I have a little break in the day and I'll, I'll say oh yeah I want to pray for this real quick and I'll text that person I said I just prayed for that situation and, and and that's great but now all of a sudden someone in my own family needs a job and I'm praying more fervently for that right God understood that God understand that he's given us a principle to live by because when it's all said and done, any answered prayer is still a selfish benefit. If I pray, if I pray that, that, that we, have, we see 50 people saved between now and the end of the year in the church services, and that happens, he answered a specific prayer that I asked for. But the problem is, will I pray as fervently for 50 people to get saved as I would if my uncle, I'm just using examples here, who's on his deathbed and is not saved yet, 
Am I going to pray more fervently for him? No. I, I will, I mean, I will pray for him more probably than the 50. You see, it, this is the real talk of prayer here tonight, okay? This is the real talk. So Jesus is, is teaching us a principle about how no matter what it is you have to pray for, just don't stop praying for that, okay? Now, the first thing I want us to learn is this, the subject of determination. Determination. Very few Christians are determined to pray anymore nowadays, unless it is a very selfish motive. And again, when we say the word selfish, sometimes we think of that in a negative light, but, but the fact is Jesus says what again? Love thy neighbor as what? Help me again. As thyself. Why would he say that? Couldn't he, couldn't he just say, couldn't he have confidence us enough to say love your neighbor just because I told you to? So he adds love your neighbor as yourself. By the way, doesn't Jesus talk to the husbands in Ephesians chapter 5? He says no man loveth not his own self, so he should cherish his body, or the wife, right? God makes it, a, he, he makes the man realize, you know, okay, if, if I want to be loved, then I should be doing the loving too. God knows how we operate. God knows how we are. And so he's challenging us on a different level, on a more selfish, or watch this now, maybe selfish is the right answer, a more personal level. Because a lot of times we will invest more time in a direct prayer rather than an indirect prayer. But the fact of the matter is the indirect prayer is just as important as a direct prayer because God is able to answer both of them. So a direct prayer comes right to me, an indirect prayer comes this way, kind of bounces and then gets to me. Now all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, I still got my prayer answered. And somebody else benefited. In other words, Jesus is being wise here by teaching us this because when we start to see that fervent prayer for ourselves gets answered, then fervent prayer for others gets answered, and you begin to move up in the concept and the power of prayer and its answers. So number one, how determined are we as a society today to pray? You know what I think we've replaced prayer with in America? Complaining. You know what I've, we replaced prayer with? Uh, being negative, Right? We complain and complain and complain about the White House. We complain, and boy, right now, the Capitol is, is, an, is, is a mess. You all heard what happened yesterday, even the Republican Party. I mean, it's a mess up there. I, it boggles my mind how immature they behave, right? But listen, instead of talking about it, I could pray for them, right? How determined are we? Number two, determination leads to the proper supplication. Supplication. This woman was motivated to have prayer or a request challenging the judge because it was this 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 adversary needed to be judged punished because of what this adversary had done to her so her supplication became very powerful she became very determined she put those two together and again i ask this question tonight and it's a question i ask myself because it's a convicting thought how determined are we in these last days when it comes to the subject of supplication Determination and supplication don't go along together anymore. I'll tell you why, because number three, and this is the last one, desperation. Desperation. When it's all said and done, the real reason we don't pray like we used to is let's be honest tonight, church. As Christians in America today in 2023, we still don't truly understand the concept of desperation. We've never really felt desperate, right? We just haven't. Our country's been, but I'm not saying none of us ever have. Some have. And maybe we go through cycles in life where we're desperate. But many Christians in America don't understand what desperation really is. And when I preach in the Philippines, 
every morning when a man wakes up and I'm looking around at the husbands and fathers in this room tonight and those that are downstairs and those that are next door, they have one goal in their mind all day, all that day, their goal, one thing, just get enough food to feed my family today. They're not worried about tomorrow. They're not worried about next week. Many of them don't have refrigerators. They don't have freezers. We've got a whole freezer full of meat right now. Our refrigerator is pretty full. And if it gets empty, we can just drive five, ten minutes and buy something to eat, right? We don't understand the concept of desperation. However, watch this now. When we get determined in our supplication, we help future generations postpone their desperation. As I said Sunday night, a lot of my decisions, the older I get, are more for the next generation. Sometimes people say, why? Why do you have to do this? Why do you have to do that? Because of the next generation. Have you looked around lately? Society's a mess. People don't even know what bathroom they're going to use. If that's a problem in 2023, somebody tell me what's going to happen in 2033 in America. Hold on. Let's, let's back up to 2003. 2003. 20 years ago, right? Were we having conversations like we are in 2023? Were we worried about little children being confused about which bathroom to use? Hold on a second. Wait a minute now. Oh. Maybe God is trying to teach us a little bit of desperation. Because the last Sunday night when I saw those kids line up in the candy line, I kept wondering in my mind after preaching that message I preached Sunday night, which, by the way, thank you all so much for the positive feedback I got from that. And if you had negative, thanks for not telling me that, too. I appreciate that, too. While the kids were lined up, I was thinking to myself, what, what kind of country is it going to look like for them when 20 years from now in 2043? Right? What's Jesus teaching? He's saying there's nothing wrong with praying in such a de determined, desperate, serious mode that you want direct prayers answered. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't be afraid also to pray for the indirect prayers because they still benefit others in the future and even indirectly myself. So men ought always to pray and not to faint. So when do we stop praying? When we have no needs anymore. In other words, when we get to heaven. So until we get to heaven, pray. I've seen love come and I've seen love walk away so many questions will anybody say it's been a hard year so many nights in tears all of the darkness trying to fight my tears alone so long, alone. I don't know who I'd be if I didn't know you. I'd probably fall off the edge. I don't know where I'd go if you ever let go. I've started breathing, the weight is lifted, here with you it's easy, 
my head is finally clear there's nothing missing when you are by my side i took the long road but now i realize i'm home with you i'm home do